This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. We have slash had Will Shaw from Better Agency. So I can tell you this, like a week ago yesterday, I bought a new pickup truck, which is the first time I have had a pickup truck in 20 years, and I immediately went hunting and fishing last weekend. I think it has something <laughs> to do with the truck. Are you going to like, are you going to build a house this weekend? Or are you going to become a framer or something? I yeah, feel like you I'm need very to be a well contractor. Made. And you know what? I'm going to use subs, and I will not get certificates <laughs> on them. I'm just going to be an insurance yeah, I'm going to be an insurance rebel. So Mr. Will Shaw is the CEO and founder of Better Agency. And, you know, I want Will to talk a little bit about his background and stuff. But before I do, I want to set the table because I feel like Will is a really well-kept secret in the insure tech world. You know, Nick is definitely the fanny pack and the face behind Better Agency from a marketing perspective. But I find comfort in knowing that Will is the brains behind the operation in many cases. Um, the longer I speak with him and the more that we're around each other, um, I'm comforted in knowing that there's more than just Nick behind it. Not that Nick's not smart. He just, you know, he needs handlers too. And so I wanted to bring Will on the podcast a little bit and just hear what his vision is for better agency, kind of from what he originally thought, sort, sort of how they've course corrected along the way. But, uh, Will, why don't you give them the 10,000-foot the overview of sort of where you came from and how you got into where you're at now going back. I mean, this dude was an NFL tight end, people. So There you go. He, uh, you know, I handle his light work for him when we're in hotel lobbies in Chicago. If he doesn't want to get up and have to get in any skirmishes, Kyle yeah. Will was actually present when I had to – almost had to put the Stone Cold oh, Stunner okay. on a gentleman. On the, uh, yeah, I mean, they, you could have passed. You, you could definitely have a bodyguard trait to you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> now you're not talking about the car line situation from last week or no. the week before. This is an in-person altercation. I'd like to hear yeah. about this actually. Uh, so it it it's actually pretty. You know, it's uh, not anything that you should have a lot of anticipation for. I just lost my temper in a hotel lobby. Because there was a gentleman that was there. I mean, uh, Will and Nick and I, I think we're the only three that were sitting there. We're trying to have a business conversation. And a gentleman who may or may not have been intoxicated came up and was just mumbling nothing that resembled anything that made sense and sat down at our table where we (laughs) were sitting in the lobby. That's awesome. And his first thing that came out of his mouth was, I'm going to ask you guys a random question. I looked at him and I said, well, anything that comes out of your mouth is going to be random because you randomly decided to sit down at our table without being invited. Right. And it was downhill from there. So basically he was looking for 20 bucks. He was looking for some money. I thought like maybe five, five, 10 bucks. I gave him 20 thinking it would make him go away. And then he proceeded to berate me. Like, what? Yeah, like just nonsense. Like, I bet this guy wouldn't even help you if you were stranded on the side of the road. I'm like, dude, I'm the one that just gave you 20 bucks. I paid you to loser. go away. Now get out of here. Seriously. And so it, it it escalated. I stood up. I was reminded that I had a lot to lose if I were to get into a physical <laughs> altercation. 
That's and fair. so I calmed down a little bit. But yeah, that was it in a nutshell. David was playing security at the hotel lobby because security was nowhere to be found. Yeah, he was Come being on, he was security. making time with the front desk lady on the three to eleven shift. I had to cover for him while he was trying to pull tail from the front desk worker. <laughs> That's how I look at it. But anyhow, yes. Will, give him your story, man. I mean, you yeah. have a pretty interesting background. Yeah, I'll go ahead. And Kyle, I'm jealous of your golfing trip. I, uh, I'm i a golfer. I'm not a five handicap. I'm about 11. But I still like to get out there and try to – that's the peak of my athletic ability these days. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, long story short, you know, I uh, – I, yeah, I like like David had mentioned, I, I played in the NFL. I was fortunate enough to play um, for the Steelers and Eagles. Bounced around for about a year and a half. Was actually active in about three or four games. Um, I have a couple of, you know, I think I have like two career catches in my name. Um, it's more than I have. I was going to say, I'd have two career <laughs> concussions to my name if that was <laughs> yeah, me. For sure. I probably have more than two nailed. or three concussions to my name too. Um <laughs> specifically running across the middle on Luke Keekley against the Panthers. Um, that would be one of them. Um, like any great football player, I had no backup plan. So when I got injured in 2014, uh, my wife worked at a company then called Infusionsoft and basically got me my first, what I call my first and only real job. Um, and so I learned the tricks of the trade and from 2014 to 2016 there uh, at Infusionsoft doing things like product, um, product marketing, uh, implementation, sales, about everything. And then. Well, we lost Will, but I'm going to say that he was going to tell you from 2014 to 2016, he was there at Infusionsoft. And that's where I have to stop because I don't know where the story goes after that. Yeah. Sorry. But I'm I, back. Yep. You're back. Oh. Um, and then uh, we, we, 20... we lost you at 2014, 2014 to 2016. You got out. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So from at, at the end of 2016, I, I, after spending a couple of years there, I ended up leaving and uh, started a company doing kind of custom software implementations. Uh, we were kind of like a, almost like a marketing consultant just on the tech side of it. So we were doing things like Infusionsoft, uh, Salesforce, HubSpot. We built a pretty pretty good team there and fell into the insurance space. Um, it's how I met Nick. It's how I met a lot of people throughout the industry and, and started doing a lot of custom implementations. And after working with 50, 60, 100 agencies, uh, I just realized like, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. You know, it doesn't make sense to pay a consultant 10, 15, 20, 30 grand a year for most agencies. Um, you're putting together five or six or seven different applications and trying to customize those. So why can't we just build an all in one platform? And that was kind of the like idea of better agency when we first started. So I left that company and Went back to like guys like Nick and said, hey, would you want to help me build this? Went to Jordan, who's our CTO. He was actually Infusionsoft's 11th employee. So he helped build that product from you know 10 customers to about 30,000 customers and said, hey, do you want to build this the right way from scratch? And uh, so that's what we set out to do. Um, we, uh, and then we bootstrapped it, self-funded it to build our team. And uh, it, it, initially, we wanted to build a CRM marketing automation platform specifically for independent agents, handle the sales, the service, and the retention side of things, and integrate with basically all the different AMS platforms and some other different technologies out there. And what that led us to, we launched that in tw end of 2019. By the summer of 2020, we realized that was never going to be a, a realistic thing we could do, either because of uh, the technology didn't exist to do that or platforms didn't want to do that. Um, and so we started at the end of 2020. Uh, progressing and moving into the route of becoming an AMS. And that's kind of where, you know, better agency now is a sales driven agency management system um, and progressing more than be progressing from being just a CRM and becoming an AMS. So here's my question, man, because I need you to fill in the blanks for me. You certainly didn't go from catching passes to program and Infusionsoft. Yeah. So how did, how did you learn your skill set? Yeah. So like for me, it was, I, I really grew up with this mentality. Like, listen, I was not a natural born athlete. Like my father's five foot th four. My mom's five foot three. My dad's 115 pounds. Kyle, I haven't <laughs> had the pleasure of meeting you in person, but David has, I'm about six foot three, 240 pounds. Right. Uh, just for a frame of reference. Like I yeah. wasn't, I mean, that's like I a Yao Ming situation. Like Yao Ming's parents, I think are like five, two and he's like a hundred <laughs> feet tall. Yeah. So a lot questions. of people, a lot of people start asking if there's like a milkman situation going on. <laughs> and I would agree if it wasn't for the fact that I look identical to my father. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm same way, man. My dad's five, nine, you know, my mom's maybe five, five, seven, five, eight. They're relatively normal size. I'm six, four. 
Yeah. That's so, crazy. Like I, I have, there's some like, obviously some natural things there, but like one of the, like the, the mindsets that I grew up with and probably from my pops is like, just be the hardest worker in any room. And that's served me well in football. Like I, I just lived by that mentality. Like we'd have 6am workouts and I would have been there at 5am by the time everybody got in there, I'm drenched in sweat looking at everybody like, this is my second workout. And that's just the leadership mentality that I had. Uh, and it served me really well as a, as a football player. And I believed if I kept that same mentality, it would serve me well in my professional career. And so when I went into Infusionsoft, it was the same mentality. Like, could I outwork everybody here and just be the hardest worker and just let the chips fall where they may and control what I can control? And so when I went in there, I just went in there with the mentality of, I know nothing and I need to learn everything. And so I went in there and I wanted to learn I started with implementation. Once I figured out like what was going on there, it's like, well, how are we selling this thing? So I wanted to learn sales. So I started working with the sales department. And I said, all right, well, I want to learn why are we designing the product this way? So I jumped into product. And so two years, I basically jumped around and, and, and tried to learn as much about everything. I even started developing our own, like my own like web applications and overlays and things like that. Just hack knowledge on, on development just to learn and better understand kind of what was going on, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I think it's similar to what I did when I got into the insurance industry, to be honest with you. I had no knowledge whatsoever other than the fact I hated paying an insurance bill every month. <laughs> that was like where it was limited, uh, you know, in my knowledge of this industry. And I just decided, you know what? I, you know, it's funny because you probably, you may or may not have ever noticed this, but um, I'll show you the next time I see you, which will be here shortly at Innovation. But um I've actually got on my knuckles, like they're smooth, like perfectly smooth to the point where you, it looks like little circles. And it's from where I used to bang my knuckles on the shelves when I was stocking groceries and they just got beat up so many times. Just bleeding they, everywhere, bleeding yeah, all over seriously. everyone's canned yeah, goods. Yeah, all over your pork and beans. God. Wash, wash it off before you use it. It's not my problem. Um, but... No, I mean, it, it goes back to I was going to do whatever I needed to do to work as hard as I could to learn um, learn the industry and work my way up from the bottom up. And so it's funny because people always ask, like, what happened to your finger? What happened to your finger? And then it gives me an opportunity to tell that story. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I agree with you. I think we're very similarly minded when it comes to that aspect of things. Yeah. Next time we meet up, I'll, I'll show you my hands too. My 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 hands are a little bit messed up for different reasons. I've broken my knuckles so many times, my fingers kind of go off in different directions. It's a Oof. normal football player trait. Sure. Well, you know, I used to break my knuckles a lot in hotel lobbies, but I've learned to control that. <laughs> I'm not that guy anymore. That guy never yeah. comes back. <laughs> you're not that guy, pal. Nope. So that's cool, man. So you decide you're going to launch Better Agency. You put together a group of people. You guys are growing ridiculously fast right now. So, you know, by all outward appearances, it's like validated the idea that you had. I would tend to agree that the, the agency world needs easier. The agency world needs better because there's so much that goes on just in, in as you come into this industry from the outside. So the thing for me that was the craziest is I came from target and target is probably the most technologically so advanced structured. retailer. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, dude. Like I talk about the technology, what the technology was like, and it's like something you would walk in today. It was 20 years ago. Like I have no idea what the technology is like there at this point. It's, it's mm -hmm. nuts, but, uh, you know, the agency world is just so completely different in terms of what is accepted. And it wouldn't, how we operate would not be accepted in any other industry, I don't think. I don't know why we put up with things the way we do. You know, it's just like one of the things I've been joking about recently, but I'm actually getting more and more serious about it is I think agents need to go to uh, the carriers and tell them that since they expect us to use accord forms, to submit new business to them that we want them to develop an accord standardized form for loss runs and make all of the carriers adhere to that Seriously. so that we have a standard template that has all of the information that we need as agents when we want to review claims in market accounts. It's crazy because Dude, they some, don't do that. There's some loss runs that come out that I look at that look like somebody did them on a typewriter and just faxed them over. It's, 
it is absolutely insane what level of garbage we get yeah. in many cases. Now I'm not saying everybody's that way, but there is no standard to that. So it's it to me there's a So you're talking there, more there, about standardization and having things uniform. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. I mean, if that's what's expected of us, why can't we expect that in return? I agree. You know, you want a premium versus loss summary? Well, go talk to Carrier ABC over here who handed me hot garbage for loss runs. I don't even know what day of the week this claim was reported, let alone what the surrounding circumstances were and how much medical and indemnity was broken out and all the other stuff. I just think that that if we're going to keep a standard in place, it needs to apply to everybody. I agree. And it's interesting you bring that up because I look at it a lot like, like I'm very, if you follow me on social media, I'm very, uh, angry with like the NFLPA and the Players Association, which I still have a lot of connections to. They don't like what I have to say a lot of times. And it's because I look at it the same way with the relationship between insurance, uh, like carriers, as well as the independents is at what point are like, as an industry, our independents going to say, you know what, carrier A, if you're not doing your job that we need to the level that I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to work with you. I'm going to make a, a real intentional change here. And I, it's, it's something that, you know, I don't, I, I really just take in a lot of information, but I'm starting to hear that more and more from independents is like, we need to change who we work with. Well, you got to start hitting them where it hurts to make that change. And, and that's been an argument I've made with the NFLPA for years. Yeah, I know. I agree wholeheartedly. And I mean, that's part of the reason we have the podcast is to rally the troops around some of this stuff, you know, because I, th- I think that we settle for what we can get instead of what we want. And there's a big difference between those two. And what we want isn't that difficult. I mean, it's easy for me to say I'm not the guy building it. But I mean, in yeah. all in all actuality, man, you know, I think part of the problem is that we're in a bolt-on industry, period. Like, we'll make a product and it'll work for today. But in order for us to make it work going forward, we're just going to bolt something on here, something yeah. on over there. And by the time you look at it, it looks like one of my Lego creations that I make when playing with my kids. I just got to make up a story about what it really is because it looks like nothing well i mean it's the same thing with some of these systems that we have oh we yeah. don't have crm capabilities so you have to go bolt a crm on or you have to put bolt an agency management system application on top of a crm or we don't have a way for your voip system to integrate so you're going to have to bolt on a texting application um or a or a yeah. um call recording application or whatever else as opposed to it being one cohesive user interface and i mean i think that's really when I look at what better agencies do, and that's the most exciting thing about what you're doing is you're taking and creating a dashboard that's going to house literally everything that an agency needs in one spot, and it's going to work out of the box. Well, you bring up two points there I want to address, like because I think it's really important is, you know, one being like it's interesting to me because the carriers they say we can't do certain things or whatnot, but they're very all high and eager to work with the new insure tech coming into the space and direct to consumers and things like that, but they aren't willing to make APIs available or adjustments to independence, which is where most of their revenue is driven from. And I just don't understand that mindset and something that the more I dig into this and the more I understand it, it really just, it really just frankly pisses me off. Like I just don't understand it. The second part you're saying there is like, it's hundred percent true. I, I like when we started this, I really didn't have the intention of building an AMS. Um, now that we've had to go through this, you know, our intention is, you know, Let's let's build an agency in a box. Let's build something that has proven processes that agencies can follow. And whether we build it or deeply partner with it, like it's one thing to say, oh, we integrate with this platform. No, like integration to me means like we're using your technology, but it's a seamless interface exactly. from within better agency where you don't have to go and jump around and use another product. You can just manage it all from one screen within the app. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know this, that we use HubSpot in my agency. So for us, yeah, we have a third-party application for texting with Sakari, but it's embedded inside of our HubSpot experience. So if we need to text somebody or read text messages or whatever, we're not going to a third-party app that's going to eventually transmit information over. We're going into our user interface. We're texting from it. And we can see that attached to the contact record through and through. Now, it cost me a lot of money to do that. Whereas with what you guys are putting together, you're going to have all of this functionality in one spot and all they got to do is start using it. Well, that's the kind of the goal. Like, you, you, like, you know, we're trying to bring in the technology that has been standardized across the industry for the last 10, 15 years by companies like Salesforce and HubSpot, even Infusionsoft, 
uh, and saying, hey, we need to give this to independents and give it to them on one platform. Like we want to be the hub spot for independent agencies. We want to allow them and give them the tools that they need to grow their agencies and operate out of one place efficiently. So you guys launched, right, with these problems in mind that you wanted to solve. I imagine that there were some roadblocks along the way. Talk about some of those challenges you guys faced. Yeah, probably the, I mean, I mean, there's been several big roadblocks, roadblocks we've had to overcome. I mean, the first one was just, all right, wh- what do we start by building first? You know, we had a lot of ideas and, and what we hovered around was really mine and my, and our CTO's like core area of expertise, which was the CRM marketing automation. And so, you know, we were bootstrapping this. So we, we, we spent a lot of time building this and just spending our own money, hired our own team to go and build this and launch this. So like when we launched, you know, it was kind of like, hey, is this going to be, is this even going to work or not? Uh, you know, we knew the product would work, but would people buy this and would people find value of this? Uh, and when we launched, we got 50 users in the first 45 days or 50, 50 agencies to sign up. And, and what it told us was like, okay, there's some demand here. If we can get 50 agencies to sign up in 45 days. And so what we kind of did was lock down sales a little bit for the next 60 days and say, let's gather all this feedback and how do we improve? And so we just rapidly developed. And luckily from that launch, we were able to basically pay like our development team to keep going. And, you know, like I wasn't making any money, but we were able to pay basically to keep going on this project. And that's what we spent. We eventually opened up sales, but that's kind of what we spent the rest of 2020 doing was just taking in a lot of feedback, understanding what was working, what was not working. I think the second biggest hurdle we had to overcome was realizing we're going to, we're going to build, end up building an AMS. These integrations are essentially almost as complicated as building an AMS because of the way we have to receive the data, because it's what, and it, this is not meant to be disrespectful to anybody's product, but it's what I call a legacy product. It wasn't built natively on the cloud. And so that makes it very hard to do integrations. It's very customized on each individual basis. And so the kind of the biggest hurdle we had to overcome with that was just getting getting companies like Ivan's and carriers to basically approve us as a vendor. Um, coming up with the, the small fortune, uh, to, to make that happen. And we had to overcome that. We probably got told no, no for like a year and, and countless amount of times. Um, How do you keep pushing through that? Just getting told no to the face over and over again. That's just, I mean, that's just my mentality. Like that it's, it's just like, it's the same, like, listen, I played sports. My wife, my life is a walking sports cliche. Like I, like no is not a realistic thing to me. It's just a matter of how can I how can I like leverage this the right way to get to a yes? Like how how can I make it work? Like I'm I'm a straight shooter. I'm a non BS type of guy. Like how are we gonna how are we gonna take this now and get it to a yes? And how can I find like the right pressure points to turn this in? It's like same reason that I was a zero star recruit coming out of high school. Same reason I had to go to JUCO. Same reason I didn't go to a massive D one A school. I went to D one double A. Same reason I went undrafted and still made the team. It's like you just keep finding like. I look at game like a life of like I look at life like a game of poker. It's like we're all dealt different hands, and can I win enough hands? Is this can I keep playing the game? Like can I play the game long enough? You don't have to, to have the, the best right. hand to win, right? You know? I don't have to have the best hand, but can I keep right. playing the game enough to get a yes, win, win a hand, and then I get to keep playing? Like can you play the game long enough? And so that's how I looked at it. Like it, it just goes back to that mentality of like you just you keep knocking down one door, and eventually some you keep knocking on doors, and eventually something's going to open up, and you just got to. You know, you got to kind of just run through that thing. Love it. Worst poker player ever, by the way. Really? I'm way too, yeah, I'm way too tight, man. I play blackjack, really? blackjack that only. That surprises me. Now, so my story on playing poker was I was over at Derby Lanes one night with a guy that I lived next to um, in the townhouse community that we lived in when we first got uh, married. And uh, I folded like 16 hands in a row, right? Like not didn't just like I'm out. And so I'm finally playing this hand and I'm slow and slowly putting more and more money out. And this other guy just keeps putting money out. And I like, I'm sitting with, um, at four of a kind. Right. So there's like a minimal chance I'm going to lose. So this is when I found out you're not allowed to talk to the other people at the poker table in the poker room. So like I go all in and this dude doesn't even hesitate and goes all in. And I looked at him and I said, you understand that I folded 16 hands in a row and on this hand I'm going all in. Are you sure that's what you want to do? Because I felt like I was taking this guy's kid's lunch money yeah. if I won because of the demographic that's at 
Derby Lane specifically. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Right? And so I did. I took all of his money, and I swore I would never go back there and play again. I just – I don't I don't like it. Like, the people who like it like it. I just like Blackjack because all I have to do is memorize the basic strategy card, and I am like a flipping machine, man. Like, yeah. I don't even have to think a split second for my brain to know exactly what I have to do in any scenario, and I almost always win. And that's the other nice part about it. Blackjack is more fun uh, in that sense. Like, especially if you're going, like if you just roll up to the, to the casino and you know, you're with some friends or whatever, it's fun to sit around the blackjack table because it's quick and it's, you know, poker, you have to sit and invest some time for me. I enjoy the poker more cause it's more strategy and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it, I don't know. It's just different. I grew up playing it, but, um, I don't, yeah, but, I don't have the patience. Yeah. The, the, so now I'm kind of understanding how, how that makes sense for you, but that surprised me when, when you just said that. Yeah, no, I mean, the strategy of it, I think, would be would be neat. I just, I need the instant gratification, man. I got to yeah. go from one to the next yeah. to the next to the next. So for I'm those of you who think that I prefer blackjack. Yeah, so for if those, I go to the it, casino, it, it, I'm playing blackjack. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong, but I would much rather sit around like on, on the weekend or whatever and do like a house game of poker with, with friends. Totally. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, if I go to the casino, I'm lost. So, like, <laughs> I, I, these, these are going you're, back years you're sit, and years. You're and sitting years. on the penny slots, just banging heaters. Yeah, exactly. Next to the lady <laughs> with the uh, oxygen yeah. tank. <laughs> yeah. Right? Who's also banging also heaters with her oxygen <laughs> tank. Just sucking Not down realizing darts. she's like a fire hazard, just <laughs> ready to make that place blow at any given time. Uh. So, you guys had a, you know, you... you you had a, I wouldn't say rocky, but sort of choppy 2020. If you, you you ran out, you brought 50 agencies on, shut down sales for a couple months. 2021's been a great year for you. Talk a little bit about what 2021's looked like and, and sort of where the platform has evolved over the course of the last year. And then for some foreshadowing, the next thing I'm going to ask you is what do you see coming up for 2022? Because I know what I've heard, but I want to hear you know kind of what's in your head, and I'm sure everybody else does too. Yeah. I think the, the the biggest thing I'm most proud of is just like our team. Um, you know, you, you move from this like idea of like, all right, we're creating a product and it solves some problems. We're on track there. We're going to evolve the product. That starts to go. All of a sudden, you start building a team. We got a team of, I think we're at like 20 employees now, and it's a lot of fun. Like I, my my day to day is less in product and more about building a company and building a team. And that's that's probably the mo- the coolest el- evolution that I've seen. Um, I've seen so much growth amongst our team, like Nick, you know, like Nick specifically, like Nick manages people. And it's, it's been a really cool thing to see Nick, Nick go from like being this, just a, a marketer kind of rogue person to, to running a team. And that, that's been awesome to experience. Um, I think the other thing I've seen is just the growth of our product. Um, you know, again, we're just continuing to try to solve more problems. I think two big things that we're trying to focus on or we, what we've been working on this year that people start seeing over the next couple months is both growing the evolution of, you know, better, I, I want to say better automation, but just continuing uh, internal automation, uh, making the application a little bit better and easier to use, just a little bit of clunkiness that happens when you kind of, when you go through things really fast. Um, and then just some additions that we're adding on and just the continued evolution of trying to give more tools to agencies. Um uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I, I, I'm most proud of in 2021. We also, we raised a couple million dollars, which was great for us to expand the team and, and kind of give reassurances to our company of, hey, we're in this for the long haul. We're not going anywhere. Um, and, you know, we're, we've got a mission that we've set out and we're not going to stop until we reach that and, and establish new goals to go achieve too. Well, one would say that your track record says that you're going to achieve that and then you're going to push through and do the next thing. Um you know, I'll tell you, Will, the one thing that I hear every time I turn around is how responsive and how empathetic your team is. And I think that says a lot. You have a very active users group when ideas come up or when hiccups happen. It's not like people are just shouting those things into a void, never to hear back on them. Like you guys are on it and you're on it with reckless abandon until it's solved. And that. That says a lot because a lot of people go out and develop a product and they miss the fact that you probably ought to talk to the users about what they're expecting from it and what they're experiencing with it 
as they're doing that. And I think if I were to tell you the one thing that I think that your team as a whole has done exceptionally well from having the Facebook group to the users conference to everything else is you provide a user group and support experience that is unparalleled in this industry based off of what I've witnessed. Yeah. I mean, to me personally, like that's the biggest form of compliment we can get of our company is like at the, at the end of it, like we genuinely care about this industry. It's like, that's why if anybody follows me on LinkedIn, all I'm talking about is insurance. I, get, I just like what's going on in the industry. Um, you know, our team is, is awesome. One of the things I'm most passionate about is customer success. Like we're not going to be perfect. It, we, we're going really fast on the product side and development. That's why we push updates every two weeks. And what happens when you do that is we, we release what I call minimum viable products. I want to get things in the hands of users and I don't want to assume that we know everything. And I want to get real feedback. Like after this, I'm hopping on the call and I have a couple of interviews with actual customers to talk about some new features we're working on. And that's never going to stop. That's what drives us. We're a customer-centric company. And, you know, we have a lot of people that come in and try better agency and they're like, you know what? It's not for us. And that's okay. One of the things we have is like we have an exit survey for everybody that tries better agency and decides it's not for them. And over 90% of people say they had a great experience and would be interested in coming back in the future as we're able to solve more of their key problems. Like we're very clear that we're not for everybody, but one thing I'm very clear on is we are going to be the most customer centric company in the industry. At the at the root of this is we genuinely care. Like I will care more about one account than anything else. It, like the business will take care of itself, but I care about customers and I care about this industry for because for too long, from what I can tell, people just genuinely don't, haven't cared enough about the independent space to make meaningful change. So give us a win. You know, you don't have to mention any names or anything like that, but but give us a win that was pretty rewarding for you or one that you're really proud of. You know, I, I, I think it's, you know, we, we get a lot of feedback. Like I, I, I would say more than anything is probably like our testimonial page on our website. We have a proof page and it's got like 10 plus videos and 60 customers on there. But like one of the coolest things that I, I, I saw was... um somebody was getting ready to shut down their agency and they gave better agency a try. And since then, um, they've tripled the size of their agency. They've hired employees and they're, they're re-engaged with their agency and are recommitted to doing this for life. And so like to take somebody that was ready to give up on their agency, um, uh, and get them re-engaged, get them hiring about, they've hired five people this year and get them recommitted on the path of success. Like that to me is probably the most rewarding thing that I've seen probably a piece of feedback. And nice. like for me, like I'm so passionate about this because like independent agents to me are like the true local small business owners. Like you guys are going out and hiring people in your local community communities, trying to make local communities better. Like we have one agency, they go out every month and they donate to local charities and I get to see it on Twitter and it's really cool. But like, I don't know, to me, like that was one of the coolest things that I ever got to see. Nice. So where's your head, man? What are you thinking for 2022? Where where do we go from here? I mean, I think that I know what my thoughts are, but I'm going to reserve those until I hear yours, and then then we'll go go from there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to share too much because you know I got to give I got to give Nick a lot of credit. That's his thing. Uh, but what I will say is this: is like you know, there's obviously a lot of improvements we want to make at the application. We want to make it easier to use. Uh, we just you know our our team is working actively like just to make things easier and better and streamlining that workflow from sales through service through retention. Uh, one thing I can say is I'm intentionally focused everywhere I'm, I'm walking, I'm talking to people, I'm listening, I'm gathering information. And the one thing I'm really passionate about is quote bind an issue. Like how do we make it easier for independents to quote bind an issue policies without human interactions and giving them the real tools to compete against the emerging insure tech market and direct to consumer carriers out there. And that's what I'm passionate about and giving those tools and putting that in the hand of independence so they can compete against the national brands. That's, that's my current obsession. And that's what you're going to see a lot of over the rest of this year, as well as into 2022. Cool. So I think that one of the things, if I'm being candid and I know that you're going to agree with me, um, but you know, I think one of the things that has led people to be apprehensive about using better agencies specific to um, agencies that are heavy in commercial is that that functionality for commercial does not yet match where you guys are at in the personal line side. What, what would be your response to that? I mean, what are you guys doing on commercial to sort of, I don't want to say get it caught up, but to bring the commercial along so that those agencies that are 
involved in in more of a because you know the, the agencies in my circle and you probably know this already yeah. they're going to be 60 40 70 30 commercial more than they are personal lines when you go to launch a product like this you have to go to where the masses are you have to go to the low-hanging fruit and to me that's main street usa that's the agencies that have been dealing with small commercial personal lines and by you know it's probably 75 or 80 percent of the agencies nationwide truthfully when you look at their demographics but you know, I know that the the circles I run in, what we do and what our expectations are, and you know, better agency needs to ha- be able to deal with some of those things. And we've talked about that offline. What would you say to the people who listen to the show uh, when it comes to what's next in that area? Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, I obviously agree with you, and that's where we started. I would say this is, you know, on top of our user group, we have another another advisory group that we have of agencies. And it is, he- it is heavily, more than 50%, just commercial-based agencies. Because um, we have, I mean, we have a lot of agencies that are split, mostly small, you know, small commercial. Um, they're doing that, but we're heavily investing into the commercial side. We have some updates that'll roll out this month that I think will prove that. Um, a couple of things actually that I think will be powerful, but we're investing heavily in the commercial side. Um, I think there's some unique workflows that come into play. I think there's obviously unique processes and 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 how things get managed. And that's the feedback that we've been getting. And, and I think people will start to see that in the application. Um, but yeah, we're, I mean, we're actively working with agencies that are heavy commercial. I think you know some of them. Um, and we're really excited about bringing the workflows that a commercial agent needs to be successful, giving them those tools so that they can also utilize the tools we've created on the personal line so they can passively grow their agency through personal lines. Because I don't, I think if you're not, you know, if you're a commercial heavy agent and you're not passively growing your agency through personal lines, I think you're missing, you're, you're missing out on part of your market. Um, and so if we can make that easy, but also give you the tools you need to, to really maximize your commercial efforts, I think that's a win. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I mean, that's one of the struggles we've had at my agency, and I'm pretty pretty vocal about that. Kyle, you look like you had a question that was on the tip of your tongue, then I started talking. No, I didn't. I was just thinking about how annoyed I was that everybody can probably hear my dog snoring his ass off three feet from me. But The good news is no. Can't yeah, okay, cool. Well, he's there. So anyways, no, I, I mean, I don't know. What else have we not talked about? Is there... I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've we've sort of run through things pretty quickly. Well, why don't you? I mean, for people who don't know specifically what Better Agency does, I think we're making the assumption that they that they know that. But at its root, at its core, talk about the system as it stands today and why it's been so successful. Because I think that you know, the, when people ask me about Better Agency, what I tell them is, this is how you should be running your agency without you having to pay a bunch of money like I did to bring somebody into custom program HubSpot to do what I want it to do. You have everything from pre-built email campaigns to cross-sell campaigns yeah. and all of that stuff. So talk a little bit about the structure of what that looks like. Cause some people may not even know. Yeah. I mean, what we wanted to do is bring the tools that agencies were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to customize and maybe not even all the way get there on like a Salesforce or even a HubSpot and give it to you for a couple hundred dollars a month. At the end of the day, I mean, I think that's where we came up with the the idea of a sales-driven AMS. You know, there's CRMs out there, there's agency management systems out there, you know, which in my opinion is like more of a glorified general ledger. Like we're going to be a sales-driven AMS. We're going to split the middle there and we're going to help you increase sales. And I think that's at the end of the day, that's what we do. To your point, yeah, we have done for you campaigns, email, text messaging, integrated phone solutions for anything from lead generation, um, and lead nurture to sales, to service, to retention, to new clients, to, to cross-sell. Um, we have a lot of those strategies that we've tried and perfected through hundreds of thousands of leads and clients. Um, and it's all out of the box. Uh, I think, you know, Kyle, you asked that question, like, what are some of the things I'm most proud of? You know, it's the agency that went up and instead of, you know, instead of having to take six months to move your AMS, we can have you up and running in less than two days. And within those 48 hours, we can have made you more enough enough commissions off some of our strategies that it pays for better agency for the next 12 months. And that's something that I focus on is at the end of the day, like 
don't like our platform, we're going to help you make money. And if it doesn't, then I don't want you on it because you know, you're not, it's, it's not a good fit. Like at the end of the day, our, our platform is going to help generate additional revenue for your agency. And that's, that's our, our intentional focus for how we develop our product is how do we make an agency more premium, more commission and grow the revenue. Sweet. Yeah, I think if I were to be critical of my peer group, one of the things that I I think is a huge gap is they don't really understand the power of CRM. Like from a look, automation is a buzzword. Drip email yep. is a buzzword. When it when it comes right down to it, you know, for me, a CRM is there to enhance the client experience. Period, and. It's also there to help you understand where you have holes in your game, specifically in the sales process. Right. You know, if you're not monitoring where your prospects are falling off in that process, how do you ever adjust your process to improve those results? Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to the old adage, what gets measured gets done. And the truth is a lot of people just aren't even measuring it. They're looking at it as how many things did you quote? How many did we get quotes back for? How many or how many how many submissions did did you turn in? How many did you get quotes back for? How many of those quotes did you present versus how many did you close and all of that? But I mean, there's not anything in that thought process that talks about how many leads did you start with? How many of those did you migrate to a suspect? How many of those did you take from suspect to prospect and walk people through a buyer's journey so that they can see where they need to course correct along the way? To me, that is the number one advantage of a CRM because it gives you the intelligence and data that you need to be able to fine tune your product and make it the best that it can be for your users, period, uh, or for your clients rather. And so that's the biggest thing is if I don't know where service requests are falling through because of our ticketing being jacked up or whatever else, how do I ever improve my processes? And so I think that part of the reason is that people think you have to be technologically savvy to use tools like this. You don't. I think that people are under the impression that it's expensive to have tools like this. Look, Will, what's the pricing for a standard agency for better for better agency right now? $300 a month. Yeah, so $300 a month, people. If you can't write an account or two to get an extra $300 a month because you have that tool, then you shouldn't have the tool. You're not using it. In most cases, I would argue you're probably not even using it. So Yeah, I'll, I'll add on to that. And this is the interesting part, just coming from, you know, I know I've been in the insurance market since 2016 now, but coming from outside the insurance space here a little bit is, the CRM for most most business owners and just about every other industry is the main point of system for a company. It's the main system. It handles your sales. Um, maybe it handles the service. It handles your revenue. You know where everything's coming on, coming into. And what's interesting about the insurance space is that's not the case, right? Your main system is your agency management system. And so what an AMS should have been from the start, and this was a big argument of mine, was a CRM. But the problem is, is AMSs were developed off a thought process that existed in the 80s and 90s. So you have two issues with that. One is how an agency was run in the 80s and 90s is completely different than the year 2021. Right. And you could even say the case about 2019 pre-COVID, right? Now even more so. The second part is look at a company like Salesforce or HubSpot. Like Salesforce is the first cloud-based software solution that was developed in the late 90s. HubSpot came along in the early 2000s and Fusionsoft kind of followed, ActiveCampaign followed that. Like, and now we've seen these cloud-based so, you know, software platforms really blow up. And the thing about it is it, it is really hard to go back and do that once you've already, once you haven't been a cloud-based software. So I say all of that because an agency management system should have been a CRM. The problem is the industry as a whole has just kind of been a little bit behind the eight ball on that. Like, CRM should not be a topic that we're discussing right now as a new idea in the insurance space. That was a new idea in 29, 2009, 2010. And we, it's our job and kind of the, what I'm heading on and with better agency is this idea of like, that's why we're going to be a sales-driven AMS. We're a CRM and we're bolting on the AMS capabilities because at its core, an agency management system is a glorified general ledger that brings in your policy and your insurance data. And I believe that we're on the track, we're on the right track to be able to do that. And it's going to give the the insurance industry tools that they should have in one platform instead of having multiple different platforms that may or may not integrate with each other. And so that's kind of my well, little two cents on the CRM industry. 
Yeah, and my thought process is this, man. Agency management systems are designed to manage agencies. They're not designed to manage sales, right? right. And that's part of sure. the problem is there has to be a shift in thought process. And I'm very vocal about what my thought process is. The problem with insurance agencies right now is they run their business like and they build their develop, uh, tech stack like they're an insurance agency. You're not an insurance agency until you physically sell an insurance product and start doing policy administration. Until that happens, you're a sales organization and sales organizations run off of CRMs, period. Yep. You can't go to a top performing sales organization in any industry that's out there and ask them to show you how they're using the agency management system as a CRM to develop sales. It's a ludicrous question, but it's just as ludicrous as the insurance industry trying to operate and build high performing sales team and not giving teams and not giving them the tools like CRMs that salespeople use. The number one question I get when I talk to somebody that is, a seasoned salesperson who wants to come on board. And Kyle, this was one of the first questions out of his mouth when he he and I talked about him coming to join Florida Risk is, what kind of CRM do you have? Tell me what kind of software you have in place. And people, if you don't think that your tech stack is valuable to recruiting people to come in, the only person you're kidding is the person looking back at you in the mirror. That's part of the problem is we have a disconnect between the old guard and the next generation coming through. Next generation expects us to have these tools and we're trying to figure out why we need them or we don't think that we do. And we got to get it through our head. This is the way business is done in every other segment of you know sales in the economy. We got to get there and we got to get there in a hurry. And you guys are just speeding up the process of doing that by providing a great product with an easy user interface that anybody can use and you give them the support if they have trouble doing it to make sure they're up and running quickly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, and I think that's why I appreciate you. And what you just said there is like, at the end of the day, an independent insurance agency is a sales factory. Like you are, you are a sales company. Um, you are selling through the sales process, you are selling on renewals and you are cross-selling. And if you don't have the tools to help you sell in each one of those facets, whether it's servicing, an account and upselling from there, whether it's cross-selling, whether it's the actual sales process or renewal. Like, you know how big of a difference it takes? Like, first of all, most industry agencies come to us and they, they say, oh yeah, I have 97% retention. And when we look at their data, it's like 90 at best. And you know the massive difference it means to an agency when you come from a 90% retention to going to 96, 97% re retention and legitimate, that's an extra 7% to your bottom line and your paycheck as a company. The other thing yeah. is, you know, everybody thinks that they have a rounded out book of book of business. And what I can tell people is on average, people come to us and about, they're about 70 or 80% monoline. And just cross-selling and being able to do those things at that retention, at that renewal, uh, at that renewal uh, spot or at the, at the service spot and being able to cross-sell 20% of your business. Like there is no reason that if you're utilizing a good sales tool, you are not selling in every phase of a client interaction and the client's going to love you and stick with you longer because of it. Good point. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Wow, man, I feel like we're Kyle. We're unpacking. We're just we're unpacking a lot on this. Episode. Just doing loads of unpacking. Yeah, no. So listen, Will. Well, I'm going to be respectful of time. We've been going almost uh, an hour at this point. What have we missed that you want people to hear? You know, I don't know that there's anything missed that I want people to hear. I just, you know. I think the big thing about better agency is we're, we're on a, we're on a mission and we're not the right, you know, we're on a mission to basically help agencies grow, sell more premium. And that's what we're focused on is we're going to, we're going to, that's why we call ourselves a sales driven AMS. Um, we're going to help people grow their agency and we're just extremely passionate about the independent channel. You're going to see that in our customer success. You'll see that in our group. You'll see that from me directly, you know, I, I'm very passionate about independence. I'm very, I, I communicate that to carriers. Like I get offended when we have to work with carriers that support direct to consumer channels and bypass independence. Like I am all about the independent space. And that's why I'm very passionate about what's going on in the industry, what's going on in insured tech. Like I follow that stuff extremely closely. Like I talk to investors, not because I'm looking to raise money, but because I want to know what's going on in the insured tech space. Because I think it matters to independence, and I think independence control and will continue to control the market. But it's the changes that the industry decides to make now that will dictate the future in five years. And so it's it, it's it's my passion. It's what I spend all my time doing. I think that's all I got. Cool. Sweet. So what I'm hearing you say, Will, is if you're an agency and you don't want 
to make more money, you don't want more sales, then don't use better agency. But if you do, I mean, because seriously, because better agency by in and of itself, by existing in your agency and turning it on with the flip of a couple of buttons in a cross-sell campaign, you're going to write new business. I've seen it in dozens of testimonials. We've so if you don't want to write new told business, people that, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Kyle, like I, I love, I would rather be playing golf. I don't, I stand by that. But if you would rather be playing golf, if you would rather be doing anything except work on your insurance agency, then we are not the tech partner for you. But if you're serious sure. and intentional about working on your agency and you want a partner that's going to stick with you and work with you, then you're, you're our type of person. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool deal. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, spending an hour with us talking. Much continued success to you and the whole team over there. The yellow and black attack is on. You know, it's obvious. We could see better agency all over the place. You can see more of some parts of better agency like Nick's torso than some want, but uh, we'll let that slide. And, you know, I'm wondering when the foot race is going to happen, man. We'll see. We're in the process of... Uh... You know, uh, of lining that up in innovation. If you want to see me and Nick race, we are uh, raising money for Phoenix Children's Hospital. And I think if we uh, hit our goal, that there'll be a race that happens down in uh, Florida. So I've I've never seen either one of you run, but I mean, I've I've seen <laughs> we've had Nick on. I've seen Nick is six and, foot six and weighs I, as I, much it, as my left leg. Uh, but I mean, come on, like. I don't feel like this is going to be much of a race. I guess it's more just for entertainment. Are you I running think it's backwards? More for entertainment and Nick's unbelievable belief that he he is a self-proclaimed better athlete than myself. And uh, I don't know where that comes from. I have no I, reason to believe that. But. Is he under the impression he's allowed to wear his rollerblades in the race? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I've heard. I've never seen him on rollerblades, but I heard. I have heard he's a legit rollerblader. Um, so maybe there maybe there's some caveats to this race I'm not aware of. This is just yeah, getting maybe. weird. This is making me yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, it's we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen, man. Again, much success to you people. If you have not checked it out yet, go to betteragency.io. They are demoing machines over there, and they want to help you make more money in your agency. So make sure you reach out and let them know that I sent you and Kyle sent you over there so that they, uh, they can understand that it's worth their time to come hang out for an hour. Cool. That's it, man. Kyle, take us home. Sweet. Hey, everybody. If you like this podcast, if you could throw us a like or a review, it would go a long way. We would greatly appreciate it. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Power Producers Podcast. See you. That works. All right, my friend. We'll holler at you later, Will. All right, right Will. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. 